Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back again to Parks and Recollection. I am uh, one of your hosts, Jim O'Hare, Gary Larry, Jared Terry, Barry from Parks and Rec, with my better half. That's right. <laughs> I am your other host. I am Greg Levine. I'm not Jerry Terry Larry. I'm not, although I get Craig a lot. Yeah, Greg is that kind of word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, Craig, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to the point that I'll be somewhere and, and people let's let's say I'm at a party. Let's just say it, Jim. Well, then that goes against everything I've heard. I know. I so know. you do get invited. But I go <laughs> to loud places on occasion okay. and you meet somebody and yeah. they say, what's your name? And I'll say, Greg. And they'll say, Craig. And I'll say, oh, Greg. And they'll Greg. say, oh, Craig. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I realize I don't need to correct these people. I'm never going to see them I know, again. But there's something why does head. why do I care that they know my name is Greg? <laughs> and like, so for all of those listening, um, maybe my family or, or anybody, uh, it's Greg. I'm Greg. It's Greg. And also, I have have had a few problems. If I voice text to you, the voice text Siri, whoever does it, will put the two G's. G-R-E-G-G, and I know it's the one G. And can I tell you something? I've noticed. I know, and then I feel bad because I'm like, he's going to think, I don't even know how to spell his damn name, but I do. But then you don't have the the wherewithal, the desire, the motivation to fix it. None of the above. Okay. <laughs> I have none of the above, okay, okay, especially great. to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but no, but seriously, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, as always, we're excited to be here because I know I say this all the time, but this is another great episode because it is. It is another. I mean, it is a great episode. It also, it's. It, I mean, it's set around something I always wanted to do when I was in high school, which was Model UN. I thought it was really interesting. And now that I see I missed out on perhaps some really crazy drama in the in the General Assembly, I really, I missed out. I don't even know if my high school had that. I've never heard of it until no. we did it. Until we did the episode, I'd never heard of it. You didn't even know about the United Nations, do you? Where? Oh, you know what? That's south of Dakota. Okay, you got That's it. The, you yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, no, this is my this car. Is, I don't know if I could drive there. I don't know. But <laughs> move on from that. This is a great episode. This yeah. is a great episode, and it's it is the treaty written by 
the great Harris Whittles. Harris Whittles. And, who I know you guys yeah. have talked about yeah. Harris before, but let me just jump in quickly. Um, you know, as listeners mostly know, Harris has passed away, and he was just one of the best. Funny, so smart, so smart. Um, also played, you know, he had a recurring role on the show. Yes. Which was hysterical. Yes. Who was the guy he was with? Um, oh, it was Colton Dunn. Colton Dunn, who so then he yeah. went on to Superstore. Yeah, and yeah. He works all the time. But anyway, uh, Harris Whittles is missed. And I'll never forget a moment. We were all at the Emmys, and they were doing the In Memoriam. And it's interesting. Those In Memoriams are so hit and miss. Like, they... Sometimes I don't hit certain people. You're like, how did that person not get mentioned? Or how did this person get whatever? And I was, it was, uh, Nick was next to me and I think his wife, Megan, whatever it was. And Harris's picture came up mm. during the in memoriam. And it kind of, like, I, I, it was kind of a, a, a bit of a slap, like a shock, not in a bad way, like a, like a, whoa. Yeah. And then I look. Nick's eyes are wet. My eyes are wet. Megan's eyes. I mean, it was just, um, it was lovely. Yeah. It was lovely yeah. that they did that. He certainly deserved that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, great guy. I, I just haven't been here when we've done one of his episodes. No, of course. To, no, he's, I, I I will say this to anyone. I, I never laughed more from some, by someone's humor than Harris Wells. I love that. He's the. And he's is he the, the original Humble brag. He invented creator. a word. So he, 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 yeah, he entered the lexicon. That. It's it's unbelievable. That is incredible. I mean, that yeah. really, that humble I, brag is, will go down forever. Yeah, there, it's one of the few things from Parks, I think, that also that's entered the zeitgeist in a way that you don't even have to know that Parks and Recreation was a show and you just know of this. Right. right we talked about treat yourself. Treat yourself, of course. Now, and humble brag, I remember he came out of his office giggling and I think he said something to the effect of like, I, he had, talked about it in the room, this idea, the concept of a humble brag, but pretty much that he invented this idea, this word, and this Twitter account that took off and became a book and now is a word that we say. I mean, I use it I've heard you say it on this podcast. Yes, yes. all the time. Now, I, I, um, I learned an immense amount about writing from Harris, an immense amount about how to be a person from Harris. Um, yeah, good really man. Really great good guy. Man, and good I'm, man. I'm and a excited. lovely family. I've yes. met a lot of them. And, uh, of course, heartbroken for over their situation, but they're just lovely people. And, um, yeah. God bless Harris Whittles. Yes. Wonderful man. Yes. Wonderful man. Um, feels crazy to now say that this episode was directed by Yorma Tacone, but like, we're going to, oh, Yorma, we also think you're wonderful. Yes, Yorma. Yes. yes. We don't we need to. Meet- <laughs> yes. <laughs> we love Yorma. Yes. Also, one of the Lonely Island boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Jim, can you blurb us, tell us a little bit about what this episode's about? Uh, okay, so hey everybody, Leslie and Ben are excited about the opportunity to lead a model UN, uh, United Nations conference, but their post-dating relationship becomes the major crisis of the event. Andy and April uniquely lend a helping hand at the model UN. Ron tries to get Tom to take his old job back. Chris enlists advice from Anne, Donna, and a very uneasy Jerry to find out why Millicent, Jerry's daughter, isn't returning his calls. Yeah, you know what you do when you... This this person is not returning my calls. I'm going to talk to their dad. Yes, let's get the dad involved. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to talk to dad's yeah. friends. And let's get my ex-girlfriend involved. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. everything you wouldn't do is yeah, what Chris yeah. does. But that's Chris. That's Chris. That's our boy. So, um, we talked about it. Some, some are, We jumped the gun with some of our notes, notes, but this episode was directed by Yarmut Cone, who was one-third of the sketch comedy true of the Lonely Island. Yes, but what I think is interesting, he was childhood friends with Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaefer. I didn't realize that. I don't think I did either. Hmm. Look at this. Fun facts. Wow. Nope. Notes. 
turned into a fun fact. Fun fact, yes. Um, we have a great <laughs> moment in this episode. At one point, Leslie emulates Soviet premier Nikita Khrushchev's infamous 1960 shoe-banging incident at the UN. Which is amazing. But let me, here is a weird coincidence. So I'm prepping for this show, because it, people believe it or not, when you're listening, I do prep. Yes. Even yes. though you're thinking, yes. he sounds like he walks right in that door, plops down a meal, eats, and does this show. No, that's not what happens. Just last night, now depending on when this airs, I don't know, on Jeopardy, because mm. I do watch Jeopardy, I'm very smart. The question was, the suppose this supposedly happened. Really? Yes. I thought that was really interesting. It was a question on Jeopardy. Uh, the supposed pounding of the thing. So, so there's no video of this? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, there's no photographic or video records. Eyewitnesses have said he brandished the shoe, but not banged it. There is some dispute in the historical record. So it was a shoe brandishing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, random, but it's yeah. just so weird that we were going to be doing this yeah. episode. Yeah. And then that was the question. That's incredible. Jeopardy. Yeah. So let's jump right into it with our synopsis. Um, and let's start the episode. Because Leslie has been asked to lead a session of Pawnee Central High's Model UN Club. The only person as excited for this as she is, is Ben. April and Andy are also invited to join, and Leslie is assigned Denmark, Ben is Peru, Andy is Finland, and April is assigned South Africa on the condition that she also be the moon. <laughs> Ron interviews replacements for Tom's old job, and though Tom claims to have moved on to new ventures, Ron knows he's actually working retail at Macy's. Which, you know, fine, that's great that people yeah, work. He's spraying people with cologne. But that's what he's doing yeah, there. That's yeah. what he's doing, yeah. yeah. Chris spirals because Millicent, Jerry's daughter, mm. hasn't returned his phone call. So he asks Anne, Donna, and I'll repeat it, <laughs> Millicent's father, Jerry, oh. for their help. Okay, let's jump right in because it's so fun to see something that Leslie and Ben have very much in common. You know, besides just working for the city and their interest in one another. Yes. They're so both so interested in this. I love the stuff in the beginning. You think they're on... Th we're setting up a game where you think they're going to be on the same side, but actually yeah. they're going to come to blows over this model UN. They're going to be on opposite sides of this. Oh, and it gets personal. It gets really, yeah, it gets yeah. really intense, yeah. actually. And I love the fact that Leslie has all of these flags. Yes, these aren't something she had to go get. She has all of these yes, flags. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, I'm going to jump because there's an in our notes we have an. You know, oops I'm uncomfortable moment. when we jump around, Greg. You know, I know me. I, I know. like to just I go know. straight, follow the path. I know you. Okay, do. this one time. This one let's time, do this. let me do, let's this, do this, Tim. Um, in a, in an oops, one is that in the opening shot with all the flags, the flag of Newfoundland and Labrador is seen towards the center of the table. Only Newfoundland and Labrador is a province of Canada, not a country. How? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I love it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're going to love no, this. Just, just, uh, You're going to love this. Last night. Those in the car, at home, <laughs> at the gym, on the driveway, everyone's going to love this because it's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> that kind of reaction The buildup on this is just <laughs> yeah. a lot. I, there's a laugh at the gym. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess people at the gym could listen to this. Um, it's flag, New, Newfoundland and Labrador. Its flag was designed by local artist named Christopher Pratt. Well, uh, you spun well, that you around, and I'm here to Greg. say, yes, I, I, I take back my sleeping. You don't say was, Greg uh, with two Gs. Listen <laughs> to this guy. Boy, is that not a nerdy fact or what? Uh, no, but that's really cool. Yeah, thank How you. did you wrap that around? Like, did you really look into that? Well, I didn't just, like, make that fact up. Wow. 
Well, in anyway, in anyway, more. I feel like I should be doing more. If anyway, he's doing stuff yes, like that. Yes, you should be. <laughs> they have all these flags. It's so cute. I love the setup of this episode because yeah. we're excited to see Leslie and Ben who are figuring out their relationship in a way that they can't be together. You think, oh, they're going to be together here. It's great. And it's very quickly going to go off the rails. And it's it's quite intense, isn't it? They get personal. Yes. Like when it goes off the rails, it gets personal. Right. Because it's, it's kind of like when Leslie blows off the Model UN stuff for her campaign work, it almost as if it hurts Ben on not just an emotional level on the because uh, he because they're into each other, but on a personal like, but it's about this thing we both like, the Model UN. It's just, it feels like it's another example for Ben that maybe Leslie's not taking him seriously in this. But it's in a weird spot in their relationship right. because technically it's so, they're not together. They are not a couple at this point. So his feelings is because he has feelings for her, but she is, I'm kind of team Leslie mm. on the fact that, hey, we got to get other stuff done. Right. You know, they're meant to be together. So it's all good. But I, you know, life happens and you have other things to do. So I don't know. I I, I think he, um, for me, I was more like, I get, well, of course she had to step away. She's got a campaign to run. Let's jump from that um, to just a random Ron fact that we get here, which is so great. In that we learn that every three weeks, Ron has to sand down his toenails. As he very proudly says, they're too strong for clippers. You guys, it's the first thing I wrote down about the episode. So I watched this, you know, and it is the first note I took. Is that not the greatest? Yes. And he's so proud. He's so proud yeah. of that. And let's analyze this part, which is another great. When Tom and Ron are in this story together. First of all, Tom and Ron is always a great pairing. Yes. It's always funny. Talk about two opposite worlds. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And they each can poke each other in the right way. So Ron interviews these people to potentially take over for for Tom's job, right? right. And I, let's call out a few of them because we have some special people. First is the late, great Murray Gershens as Courtney. Hysterical. So funny. Then we have the alive but also still great Kyle Mooney as Keith. <laughs> um, and Kyle kills it in this scene, I think. Kyle, so Kyle and all of the good neighbor guys cracked us up in the writer's room. Yeah. Um, we'd watch his stuff. We watch their stuff on YouTube all the time. And Harris was especially a big fan, was especially tickled by Kyle. And so this part was written for him. So real, I, I was going to ask that. When that happens. Yeah. Especially if you're the writer of the episode. Do you have a little extra power to say, listen, hey, Mike, I was thinking this person for the role or this person well, for the role? I think you could suggest a friend. If I think this person would be good. They should audition or whatever it is. But yeah. in this case, I mean, Kyle was already growing a comedy brand. He wasn't on SNL yet, I don't think. But he, he, he just was so naturally funny. We yeah. watched his YouTube videos. We watched the, the Good Neighbor YouTube videos. And... You know, there was this idea that maybe Kyle, a type like this, would be a great, and then maybe it should be Kyle, and let's have it be Kyle. And yeah. what, how do we, what do you think is so funny about the way Kyle does comedy? And let's build that into the character. That's so great. Cause I don't know, uh, people often say, well, how do people get on the different shows? Uh, the nice thing about Parks was, I mean, one of the many, many, many nice things, um, like after a table read, if there was a certain role that we read, and even me, if I had like, Oh, man, I know someone who might be great for that. You could always pitch that, whether it's to the casting director or to Mike or somebody, yeah. which was really great. Didn't mean they get the job because there's so many other factors that go into right. why somebody gets a job. They go on all day about that. But I love that. And sometimes that, but I will say this, they never, ever did not bring in my person to at least read. 
You know what I mean? If I had a recommendation. They brought that person in. They brought that person in. Yeah. Which was lovely. Like, yeah. so, Yeah. I don't know. But even Mike, you know, when especially for big guest spots, he'd be like, anyone have any great idea? Because... Right, it was, it's, a, it's also it's a sign of the the great collaborative nature that is television. When it's done exactly. great, it's it. There's all hands on deck. Who do we know? Because you're you're. I mean, in this case, for you know, network comedy at the time, we we're making close to 22, 24 episodes a year. Yeah. Yeah. You're constantly working on maybe five episodes at a time in various stages, and you you can be precious, but you also have to just like we have to keep going. Who knows someone who's good for the part? Let's yeah. keep going. Yeah, I just love that they were open to that. Oh, like yeah. You, could, you never felt like you couldn't speak up if you, you know. Well, this is a, one of the best segues I think we've ever had. Because really? I'll tell oh, you why. Oh, now I'm disappointed. Go because ahead. There is someone who was perfect for the part, and he's in this episode. Our unbelievable Parks and Recreation, the actual TV show in the human world, our payroll accountant, Gary McGluffkin. Yes. Is Gary Yes, he is. <laughs> Gary McGlovkin is Gary from Gary, Indiana here. And I love when Tom says a fact is not an anecdote, Gary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's, it's hard. Sometimes you just meet a person and you're like, you got to be in this thing. And that's Gary McGlovkin. He's yes. so great. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Well, speaking of the opportunity, before we move on to the story, we have to... There's a lot more with Chris and Millicent and Jerry to get into. But this opening, this introduction... I. Chris describes Millicent as Jerry Gergich's surprisingly hot daughter. Oh. Jim, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? How hurtful is that? I know. Yeah. I want and to be that, in the writer's room. Someone had to write that. Someone wrote that. Who wrote that line? But this has been Chris. This has been Chris. This is I mean, this is the same Chris who said, No, I'm not gonna go to lunch with you, Jerry, and then sees Millicent, like, yes, I'm gonna go to lunch of with course. you, right? Yeah. Who makes out with Millicent in front of Jerry. Grinds. Grinds, right, yes. right. Like like as if their plane is going down, right? <laughs> It it's so crazy it's to so me, hurtful. and it, it works. It works because of how intense he is, and you know, I, I also think that Donna is really in her element in the in oh, this storyline. This is Donna. Uh, you know, this is absolutely Donna's element. Yes, she, when she when she perked up about that whole sex thing, she was in. And then uh, what was it when he? What did he say? Where she? Because Reddit's advice is, dude, d- d- don't be at her beck and call. You're too available. Yeah. You're too accessible. Yeah. And of course, then Jerry's there hearing this, like, huh? Yeah. Like, this da- is my daughter. This is my daughter. I'm just telling how you right feel. Here. I know, I know. Yeah, it was tough. Well, let's move on. <laughs> In our synopsis, the model UN's task is to solve a food crisis. Leslie and Ben seem to be getting along as friends, but when Leslie leaves a treaty meeting for a photo op for her campaign, Ben becomes annoyed and passive-aggressive about it. He cuts Denmark, a.k.a. Leslie, out of the treaty and tells her they really can't spend time together as friends and that she's being selfish. Leslie retaliates by declaring war on Peru. (laughs) Ron interviews a few more candidates to agitate Tom into returning, but it doesn't work. 
There is so much Ben and Leslie tension. Yeah. In a way that we rarely do see this this version of their relationship, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the last episode, it seemed like the drama had been resolved. But they're now struggling with being truly platonic and spending time together at all. It's interesting to get to see them fully nerd out here. Uh, Leslie shouts to Ben, the only thing I will be waving is your decapitated head on a stick in front of your weeping mother. How hardcore is that? And then the room, the room silences and Ben says, good Lord. Good Lord. And I think, first of all, good Lord, the way he said it always cracked me up, but it worked so well here because yes, good Lord, man. Good Lord. How did you go to that? So the only thing you'll be waving is, okay, so we have a decapitated <laughs> head. Not just your head on a stick, but the head has been decapitated. Where is it? It's on a stick. So that means it's been taken off. It's yes. your head. It's been taken off and it's been put onto a stick. And what do you do with it? Is that enough? No. No. I mm-hmm. found your mother. <laughs> Brought her in. I'm waving it in front of your mother. And I got to tell you, here's what's happening to your mother. She's weeping. <laughs> She's weeping. <laughs> Full out weeping. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot going on yeah. there. But nobody does a good Lord better than Adam Scott. It's just. I know a lot of priests would probably say. Well. <laughs> Wait a second. No, just that is such a Ben. Yeah, yeah. Comeback. Good Lord. Good Lord. Like all yeah. the things you could have said. Yeah. Yeah. Dear God, yeah, how this, did you come up with that? Because Ben, Adam and Ben, the, this incredulousness that they do with their, like, he, yes. you can also see his look, like, um, you know, he'll do it with Andy and April. Oh, about so many Andy and when, 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 when they brought Champion home, like, I got to ask, did that dog have three <laughs> legs, legs before? Yes. Like, this, inc- like, I just need to, <laughs> are we living in the same reality right now? So here's Leslie, who's taken it to an extreme. Good Lord. Yeah, that was perfect. Um, Should we jump forward? Sure. Jump, jump, jump. So Ron decides to just pointedly ask Tom to come back to his old job, but Tom can't set aside his pride that easily. Meanwhile, Leslie and Ben completely ignore the UN food crisis. I mean, there is a UN food crisis, but the UN food crisis in in our story. And the event spirals out of control with the UN eventually ejecting Denmark and Peru. (laughs) Denmark, famously the happiest country in the world. Um, and tells Chris that his overbearing, optimistic personality may be scaring off Millicent, and specifically that Chris tried to change Anne's lifestyle to be more like his, but then became bored with dating someone who was too similar. Really insightful, Anne. Really insightful. Anne, her character, if you really think about where she went to where she is at this point, sure. Anne has become such a um, stronger woman. Yeah. And I give Leslie a lot of that credit. Mm. She really learned because you would think an Ann Perkins in real life is this wonderful and she's this amazing nurse. And so she's smart and educated and beautiful. Like she has it all. Mm -hmm. If you look at her, she has it all, but she's kind of a kind of messy inside when it comes to guys. We've seen episodes where she turns herself into what the other guy is. Right, right, right. We've seen all that. And she's learned like Mm. it all I don't know, I think it's really awesome how yeah. her character went from, again, not that she should have been, but she was insecure. And what can I do to make this guy like me? To telling him, mm-hmm. hey, dude, I fell into that mm-hmm. with you. And I, you know, that is not healthy. Yeah, no. I, I, I think it's great. I, I think it's great. I think the two most important relationships, character relationships on this show, it's Leslie and Ron and Leslie and Ann. Yeah. And I think that Leslie and, and Ron get a lot of the attention 
because of the natural comedy because they worked together and the a lot of the comedy would come from like this. I mean, Ron is Leslie's boss for most of the show. Um, you know, Leslie softens Ron. I'd say that's his arc, and Ron I think toughens Leslie. Right? Yeah. She she's get, gets better at being con- her confidence. Yeah. But I, I he think, can set her on course if she veers yeah, to a weird totally. place. Right. But Leslie and Anne, I think, is is perhaps the best relationship for me, just because I mean Anne instigates this series, right? She comes to this this public forum and says, There's this hole in the back of my house and yeah. can someone just do something about it, right? <laughs> That's how it begins. And what I love is that that this show is is such a show about friendship. It's such a show about female friendship specifically. Yeah. And I love that these people, these two women, these people have each other's back in this way. I love the fact that Leslie can tease and joke about Anne all the time and say that she's a beautiful, you know, slippery fish or whatever yeah, she'll say, fish. tropical fish yes. or any kind of fish. Yes. Um and and sometimes Anne just loves it. Sometimes Anne's a little weirded out by it. But ultimately, they just have each other's back. And I also love that Anne will both support Leslie in anything Leslie needs, but also can call her out on her shit. Like absolutely, she sprays her with water. I think at some point, and then and she she says, "Leslie, you gotta go to the hospital." She takes they take care of each other. Yes. Um, and so they are the they are girlfriends, right? In the in the truest yes. sense of the world, the word they are girlfriends, and that's why I feel like when you're talking about this, and not to get too deep about it again, but I think that Anne is able to be this person with Chris right now yeah. because of her relationship with Leslie, because of I the totally growth agree between with the two. It. Yes, of them. they have helped each other grow to be better people. Yes, and this is a huge development. I mean, I'm so happy for Anne at this point because you realize, oh, she ain't going to be shit on anymore. Right. Because she shouldn't be. She has so much to offer. Right. Uh, and again, down the road, other things happen and and whatever. But I, I just loved this. I really did love this. Well, it's what's great about this also, besides this beautiful sentiment, is that um, and Anne gets some closure with her relationship with Chris yeah. finally. I mean, I, I think back to the episode earlier this season when they're shooting the PSAs oh. and and she's like, I, I can't believe I dated this I guy. I dated that guy. Um, <laughs> But what's also great is that, uh, so the scene is fun. Jerry obviously hates what's going on here. Donna loves it. But we learn a great, every so often we get great facts. So we learn about Ron's toenails. We learn in this one also that on a lover's vacation to Eagleton, which is wonderful, Chris and Anne's jacuzzi broke. Oh, boy. Uh, But Chris did wind up eating food off of her body. And that they went to a tantric <laughs> workshop. And it's just funny. And I don't mean to, I feel like you're going to pick up on this because I know what I know about you. But it's wow. it's funny because clearly Chris and Anne got freaky. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's like you meet these characters and you have this lovely relationship with these characters. But like, you know, they all they they all pair up and they all have sex. They all yeah. It's the unspoken thing. Right. It's like there's this, um, yeah, I think sometimes like at the end of every day, like Brad Pitt brushes his teeth, right? And right. washes his face, and, like gets into bed and just is like goes to sleep and says, I guess I'm surrendering to <laughs> to being asleep. We all are humans. Yeah. And so they're in this relationship. And what we're learning, and we're not saying it, is that Chris and Anne got freaky. Totally got freaky. Let's call out a few fun moments because I know we have I'm looking and we have so much still to talk about, but uh, you know, I love April refusing to conform to the model UN the of entire course. time, saying like the moon will join your coalition. And then Leslie's like, Yeah, we got the freaking moon. 
What are you going to do without Tides, Tides. Peru? <laughs> An amazing Andy joke that's not in the script. I don't know if it's a Pratt improv. I don't know if it's a Harris joke. They sound It sounds equally like a Pratt improv and a Harris joke, so I think we'll award points to both of them in the world where we award points on this show. Uh, but Andy says that if you arrange the letters of Peru, you can spell Europe. <laughs> right? And it's... It's so what's so what's great about it is that in a way you can because those well. those four letters are in the word Europe, but that's not what he means. That is not what he oh means. Oh my god, I cracked up. I forgot about that joke. It made me laugh so much. Yeah. And of course, the greatest there, and I wrote it down, but I know you have it here in the notes. Uh so one of the other great Andy moments is you know, they're trying to fit a flag for him. Uh, and she says, Andy, will you be Iceland? He's like the bad guys from Mighty Ducks 2? No, I don't think so. She goes, how about Japan? The bad guys from Karate Kid 2? Even worse. And then he has a great idea. He says, well, how about Germany? They've never been the bad guys. <laughs> Brilliant. It's great. It's that great. Is, that's- it's great. Um, okay, well, back in our story, back in our synopsis, April arranges, <laughs> back in our synopsis, April arranges for Ben and Leslie to talk out their problems, and Ben suggests they simply avoid each other from now on. Leslie wants to keep Ben in her life still, so the two compromise and agree to have a fun conversation at work for five minutes a day. Now, Ron pretends to beg Tom to take his position back in front of everyone, and despite this, Tom still says no, angering Ron. Tom then has to beg Ron for his job back in front of the group. And Ben and Leslie apologize to the kids in the Model UN by organizing a spe- special session that will be held at Pawnee City Hall in a few months. Ah, great wrap-up. Lots going on there. So Leslie and Ben's convo, right? Yeah. The problem is clearly not over between them, but it's being worked on. And it's tough. Where do they go from here? Like, obviously, we know, you and I know where we go from here. We do. Some people who've watched the show already know where we go from here. And we're going to go there pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just this, I think it's sweet. They're going to try to do this. We're going to have a fun conversational work every, every day for a few minutes. But you know that's not a fix. I think they've both realized at this point, okay, we can't have this relationship, but I can't not have you in my life. Right. Even though Ben was going to try, it felt like Ben was trying to maybe head that direction. Like maybe I just cut this out, but they can't. Right. So okay, we'll have a great friendship. And I have been down the road where you have great friendships with people that are amazing, but I've never been in a relationship that turned into that. Mm -hmm, That would mm -hmm. be, I can't imagine what that is. Mm -hmm. Especially then if you're a great friendship, you start talking about dating other people and everything. Imagine where that would go. Right. I don't know. Well, I also, I remember um, conversations in the the writer's room that, you know, for a few episodes, and it's going to bleed into the next one too, you know, Leslie and Ben have decided they can't be together. And, they're going to keep testing how is this going to work, right? In in End of the World, in the previous episode, it's it's kind of the conversations are more about, you know, is our dating, like is Ben interested in Shonda Malway tweet, right? How, how do we go from here um, on the topic of relationship? In this sense, it's how do we go from here? This one's kind of not really about work. Work instigates the Model UN. But how where do we go from here when we're just talking about the stuff that interests us, right? Yeah. Our, our interests, our passions, our pursuits. And the next episode, um, Tease is going to be about work specifically. How, where do we go from here with when it comes to work? And I think the attempt was, if I remember correctly, was let's see them try and fail a few times. 
let's see them try and test how do we find a path forward because we may need to make a real tough decision. Do we go for it or do we say goodbye forever and we just can't? Was there talk, was there, like when people are pitching in the room, was there ever talk of maybe they don't end up together or that was just always a foregone conclusion? I think there's always talk. I think in this sense, there was a knowledge that they they would end up together. Um, But how you get there, I think especially you think about how long is it going to take for people to get together? Right. And how long after they get together do we break them up? Um, I, I I remember I would watch shows when I was a kid or in high school and college, whatever it was, and you'd wait for these two people to get together and it would take like two, three seasons. Ugh, and you're like, please painful, get together. Painful. And then they would get together and three, four, five episodes later, they break up. Yeah. And I... I've, I, I hated it. Me too. I felt like, no, I've invested in this. At least let me invest in the relationship for a while. Um, I mean, there was talk, I remember reading about this and hearing about it from the office that there was talk about should um, Jim and Pam break up in the last season? Should Are they meant to be together forever? Is there a story where they don't stay together, but they now have these kids and they're bonded forever in mm-hmm. that? And Oh, that would have been awful. It would have been awful. And so here's the thing. And so the conversation, I think we knew they were going to be together. How quickly do they get together? And then do they stick? How long do they stay together after that? And I think from as just a viewer, because I'm with you, these ones that would play it out season after season, they're just about to get together and then something happens and they don't. Right. I think they played this one perfectly. Mm. I think the time it took to get them together. Mm. And then I know we don't want to jump too far forward, but. You know, it's all, you know, it's a good thing. It's good stuff for them. It's a good stuff. It's a good relationship for them. And I do remember on The Office near the end, there was, you could see, they did put a couple of tense episodes with Pam and Jim that you could have seen where, wow, would they ever consider breaking them up? Yeah, I mean, there was a storyline about, you know, Jim uh, and Pam with the the boom mic operator. Yes, the dude. People hated it. Yes. People reacted. People hated it. People were so, no, these are the people. Yes. Let me have, I think people are like, you know, life is tough. Exactly. 50% of marriages end in divorce and all this stuff. Let me have Jim and Pam. That's all I need. Jim and Pam. Let, let us just have this. Ross, from Ross and Rachel to Jim and yes, Pam. We let need, me have it. We need to be able to root for, we need an example that it will work. Yeah. I love it. But I also love that with Parks, once they were together, it wasn't back and forth, the back and forth, the back and forth. No, they're in love. Right. Yeah. Right. No, love that. Big fan. Um, so, you know, I think the stuff with Tom and Ron is so funny at the end and that that Tom, okay. Tom can't just help. Yeah. I know, but I have to I have to point something out. Please. It made me a little uncomfortable. Was it Ron like to do the fake welcoming back? Cuz I'm thinking, "Oh, I don't see Ron doing that." But it led up to such mm-hmm. brilliant comedy stuff after that him leaving, him angry, him fast walking, him getting time to go, "Oh, dude, it's not how this shit's going down. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I hear what well, you're saying. I do think that every so often on the show, Ron very begrudgingly agrees to do something that is out of his comfort zone for somebody yeah. that matters to him. Well, if you've learned nothing else about this show, this is another perfect example. And Ron is, Ron, he's hardcore. He's a man's man. He also has a heart of gold. Right. And these people mean the world to him. Whether he can say that out loud every day, no, that isn't going to happen. I mean, Ron carried Tom out 
of the library from Tammy Two's clutches, right? <laughs> right? Like, I think that there is a soft spot for for Tom's character specifically. Yeah, I do see what you're saying. It doesn't feel like the guy we know would give into doing this thing would would be willing to fake look weak. Yeah, because basically for the he he Ron comes out and goes, you know, I I don't know exactly what yeah, he yeah. said. It was very much pandering to what Tom wanted him to say, and it was a whole thing. And and I'm thinking, oh God, that, that just that does not seem Ron like. And then of course, Tom comes in and totally screws up everything that he just said. Yeah, yeah. And then the real comedy kicks in. Well, the good news is, welcome back, Tom. You're back in the office. Yay. We have you, Yay, Tom. Thank you. Love that. Love Thank that. You. Um. Can I tell one other little anecdote that maybe we can? I don't know. You know what? I need a nap. Go ahead. Okay. Well, buckle up. (laughs) Get that pillow and blanket out, Jim. Um, So Andy (laughs) Andy has a joke about having his own personal Camp David. Yes. Okay. I remember this talking head being a big source of discussion in the writer's room. Uh, In one sense, it's a funny joke. It's such a funny joke. But some people thought that it wasn't an Andy joke, or more specifically, that it was too smart for Andy. Does he? He doesn't know what Camp David is, right? Not a clue. So, the question was: Is this even a joke to Andy? Like, he he was just genuinely calling it Camp David. So the joke is that we know that there's a Camp David. Yes. But so anyway, for for Andy, he's saying it no subtext, no hidden meaning. Um, so I remember some people, I remember even, I think Dan Gore was one of the people like, we're just this debate is like, is this, does, so what, what wound up happening, um, is there's a, there's a line that falls. It says, how do you know about Camp David? And I'm pretty confident that that was added as a compromise of sorts in the room to kind of spell it out a little more. It's because it, 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 it couldn't just live in the space. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think they made the right call. Yeah. Andy would have no clue. Yeah. About Camp David. But his explanation of what he thought was Camp David right. makes perfect sense. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, little little fact yeah. how the sausages got Love made that. in that joke. Love those behind the scenes. BTS people, that's what it's called. Um yes. well, Jim. Oh, that was my radio voice. BTS people, oh. that's what it's called. What have you been doing this whole Good time? Good morning, everybody. Jim O'Hare oh my God. on the air in Rensselaer. That was my first radio job, people. I was Wait, a DJ in Rensselaer, Indiana. Really? Good morning. I did pig reports. Bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back. Good morning. Jim O'Hare on the air in Rensselaer. Oh, we got a rainy day today in Rensselaer. But don't worry, because the John Deere tractor company, whatever, whoever they'll air, have not paid their bills. So we're not going to be able to stay on the air much longer. Stuff like that happened. Really? Truly, it was it was the craziest and thing And you've been sitting on this the whole time? I've been sitting on that little gem. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I shouldn't say it wasn't John Deere, but there were companies in this town. And the guy who ran the station, I'm not going to give out names, he would, he would uh, you know, and certainly in the old days, I don't know how it works now, he would trade out ads for things. So he would be driving a Cadillac because he traded ads with the Cadillac dealer. Well, that meant no income was coming in because he's trading shit out. He'd have a snowmobile, he'd have this, he'd have that. And we would have checks that would bounce at the local mm. <laughs> grocery store. Really? Yes. And one week, speaking of what Chris said to uh, about Jerry's daughter being so beautiful, I had just moved there with, again, this little town, Rensselaer, Indiana, and I get my first paycheck and it's nothing. It's like $120 for the week. It, the whole thing was just a nightmare. But, um, and I go, he said, yeah, you can cash that at the 
food market or whatever. So I go there and the woman looks at it and she goes, oh, you're Jim O'Hare from the radio? Oh. I go, yeah, feeling like, yeah, 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 baby, yeah, yeah Jim yeah. O'Hare from the radio, you yeah. lucky, lucky gal. And she goes, oh, I didn't think you looked like that. Oh. She literally what said a lovely, that. Wasn't that nice? What a, what a lovely time to be alive. What a welcoming, welcome to this, yeah, welcome to yeah, our little community, yeah. Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's that, okay. That no, hit this hard. Is, that hit hard. This is the energy we want to kind of wrap up the episode with. Jim, do you have any crap we didn't get to? Oh, my God. You know I do. Um, I love there's after everything blows up in the in the model UN, they cut to, to April. She goes, I just wanted to say that I thought it was really cool how everything fell apart in there. <laughs> because, of course, she, yeah. she loves yeah. anything that falls apart. Uh, so that was one of them. Also... At some point, Ben looks at one of the kids and just screams, shut up, Bulgaria. <laughs> it was so like, Ben, bring it yeah, down, yeah, dude. Yeah, you yeah. are very intense with that. I don't know why this caught me. It's super funny. After Ben and, and, and Lazar just fighting back and forth, back and forth, he takes this white, you weren't sure what it was, but obviously it was going to be a white flag. And and uh, he says to Leslie, you might want to borrow this. So, yeah, she'll need it. And April goes, no one wants your dirty underwear, Ben. I don't know. Caught me funny. Yeah. Caught yeah. me funny. Yeah. It got me, as they say, in the giggles. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Giggle factory. Go. There you go. Anyway, and again, I wrote down the interview with Courtney. It was just so funny because he basically said he did one thing and he goes, and then I was in jail for a spell. That brings us up to date. <laughs> the man is like 90. Yeah, yeah, How long yeah. was he in jail? Pretty recently for pretty, a while. Yes, yeah, pretty yeah. recently and for a while, yeah. Thank I love you. your crap. I great. love the- and I And it does, I wrote down here, Jerry got fucked over at the end. What happened? Why did I write that down? Well, isn't that just the, the way of the just world in- for you? <laughs> I feel like, did something specific happen at the end with Jerry? Because I, I have a Jerry oh. fucked over at the end. He's yeah. mad about the copy machine when oh, Tom gets the new yes, job. yes, yeah. yes. And actually that fucked Jim O'Hare over. Let's talk about this, people. So this is when there was a major shift in the office because now I was moved. When I first started, I was behind, right behind next to Ron. Mm-hmm. I was right there. Then I got moved to kind of where Tom's desk is right outside right. there. Now, because Leslie feels she needs Andy as because he's her assistant, which right. of course... That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. They moved me to in front right, of the copier, right, right. which is where I sat. Now, the reason this kind of screwed Jim O'Hare over, but not really, because I loved being there. I loved being there. I didn't like my days off because I had so much fun on set. But I ended up on set more because whenever they did oh, wow. a conference room scene. You're in the background. I'm in the background. Really? So I have to be there. So it really changed like, whoa. I'm here a lot more, yeah. but again, I didn't care because. Were, did you were you happy with what you wished for? Because that's a wish of yours to be there more often. To be there more often, yeah, and I really did. And I know some people, you're like, oh, you know, they look at their day of days. That's what the sheet you get yeah. telling you what's coming up, and they're like, oh, thank God, I'm off this day. I'd be like, oh, I'm off on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. too bad. I, you know, just because. Again, the cast, of course, I'm much. I love the cast, but the crew and. Just everybody. I just, I. Yeah, it's a, it was, it, a, it was a special it was a family. Place to, it was truly a family and so many laughs and so many behind the scene stupid bits with the camera guys and girls. And anyway, so, but yeah, that really changed a lot for Jerry, but also Jim O'Hare because I needed to be there more. Yeah. But what a gift for the audience. 
to see you more. What a gift. Well, listen, Jim, <laughs> uh, do you have final thoughts on the episode? Well, as always, and people are sick of me saying this, I feel each episode gets stronger and stronger, and I— and we'll, I, we'll peak soon enough. I don't think, I'm sorry, I'll argue that. I don't think we peak. And, and I have my some of my favorite shows, they ebb and flow, you know, like. I love that show. Some see, ebb and, yes, it's my favorite too. Uh, Jason Ebb is a yeah. hardened detective. <laughs> but when there was trouble, it came flow. <laughs> <laughs> he had diarrhea. Yes. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Final thoughts. Great episode. Uh, Lots of laughs. (laughs) He's mocking me, people, just so you know. It's very hurtful. No, again, another great Harris Whittles episode. I and, know. Um, yeah. We miss Harris. Uh, no, great episode. It's great. It's great. It's so fun. You know, I, I got to say, for me, and I'm jump, I'll jump right into an episode MVP as part of my final thoughts, in that I think that um, it's 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 Leslie. I know it's sometimes we go to the person who maybe had like one of the craziest moments, but Leslie and Ben, but Leslie brings it and I feel so I feel so many emotions for their relationship in this episode in End of the World Before it I'm going to feel it coming up next week with Smalls Park I just feel it and I think that she she conveys it so well so for me this is Leslie she's in a particularly tough place where her dream is coming true running for city council her dream is also on hold which is this guy who she's like I think you're my person I like you so much and so and and Amy just uh killed it when it came to uh, getting all of those thoughts, feelings, and emotions out. Totally agree. I have, I actually had a number of them, but I listed them in order. Leslie was my number one. Uh, and the Ben I had to, is number two. I, I just think he also was matching up with what was going on with her, but Leslie would be number one. And I just, because anytime I, I, I get to see Donna, I don't know. I know, and she wasn't in much in this episode, but just her... Her, even her one-liners about yeah. wanting to be involved in what's going on, the sex talk. I don't know. It just kills me every time. And then, of course, I think there's something. I think Ron could get a few points. Um, Everybody's scoring here. Everyone's scoring. But, yeah, I agree with Leslie. But the thing about Ron is we see once again that no matter how tough the exterior is, yeah. uh, he's got his boys back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boys and girls back. Jim, there's a lot happening for Leslie and Ben clearly in this episode. We've teased it. There's big stuff coming in the next one and a few coming up after it. Um, So it's been a blast talking about this episode with you today. Um, And thank you all for listening wherever you listen, however, however you listen, whoever you are listening. Thank you. Text this episode to your group chat. Start a group chat. Do people still group chat? I think they should. Sounds like they do. That's the thing. 
I don't, sounds is it? Like, oh, I'm being told Joe is people, yes. People saying people do group chat still. Yeah, so, so and clearly you and I are just not cool enough to be in them. <laughs> um, give us five star reviews wherever you're listening. Thank you to our producer. And, Sean. and give us five stars even if you hate us because you know you can Poor like Sean, you know how people gonna, can anger anger things. You know yeah. when like, you're mad. Yeah, like, oh, they're so awful. I'm just gonna give them five. Do stars. you know what? Maybe it's, especially if you're angry, use. Use, Use that, that anger, anger yes, and, yes. and just be like, I gotta give him five stars. Yeah. Hey, you know, let's talk about Sean, though. Okay. Yeah, he's good. I know you were cutting him off. Uh, Sean, I'm, is it Sean or Cian or what is <laughs> what is your name again? I always forget. I try not to get too close to the. Um, I know. Yeah, and it, physically, too, he's very far away from Sean right now. Away. As it should be. Uh, there's a bit of a restraining issue, restraining order. Uh, no, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Joe. You guys are awesome. Cannot do it without you, as we all know. Truly can't do it without you. So from all of us here at Parks and Recollection, goodbye from Pawnee. Bye. This has been a Team Coco production. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.